the project. Kuwait. Learn. All right, guys. We ready for the uh, Q and A? It's gonna be quick question and answer round. This is hard. This yeah, is gonna this be gonna hard, be dude. Yeah, this is where I'm gonna have to my face. We're gonna have to try. We're gonna try and keep it as quick and as concise as possible. We had a few uh, listener Q and As come in. So first, we had from Al Mansour. We had uh, so Marty's gonna answer this one. So he asked how being too consistent with workouts can hurt and not listening to your body. Well, one thing personally that I've learned through personal experience and training people is when you are overly consistent, you're like, I have to get this workout in. It's my Bible. I have to go about this workout. You're going to get into a world of hurt because you're not letting your body recuperate from the training volume that you previously had. So what I always said to my clients and myself is when you feel achy, give it a rest because that's one of the main indications of your overtraining versus actually doing some good and overtraining. We know hurts you, you, know, you lose gains, all kinds of crap goes on. Is that quick enough? That's, that's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make anything to add with that or mm-hmm. happy with that? Are you happy with his answer? Yeah, I would say overtraining. Yeah, spot on with that. But it can, I always go back to sleep. If your sleep it can be affected too. If you feel like you're getting shitty sleep, that can always be a sign of overtraining as well. Too much stress on the body. So exactly. pay attention. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much, Almasur. Okay. So number two, when eating at night, will this make me gain more weight? And also just a couple of good workouts to do without a gym. All right. Eating at night, will this make me gain more weight? Going to go to our favorite answer and just say it depends. <laughs> like, what are you eating at night? What's your activity like during the day? I would say it totally depends on your schedule. And if you're someone that requires a meal maybe later at night, depending on work and responsibilities and whatever, I'd say eating just at night isn't what's going to be what hurts you. It's the quality of what that food is. So if you're going for the the easy to eat stuff at night, the snacking type of stuff, the highly processed stuff, I would say, yeah, that's going to contribute to some weight gain for sure. If you're eating some whole foods and things, that's going to be much better. But just remember that at night, that is your body's time to rest and digest. So try to avoid the snacking and things straight before bed and getting your good whole foods throughout the day and rest and digest at night. I don't think you'll have a problem with weight gain in that aspect. And then uh, good workouts with, uh, if and you haven't got a gym. good workouts with no gym. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say your body. Your body is your best training tool. The floor and your body. Get down on the floor. Get up and get down as many different ways as you can. Push-ups, squats, planks. If you've got anywhere to you know, hang from, you could easily throw a pull-up bar somewhere in a doorway in your house. I think there's a lot of options for that too. But I'd say squats and push-ups and planks could be great body weight things to do if you don't have access to a gym. Get outside and walk. That's the other one. There's so much that you can do with your body. I would say just start playing around with all the different ways that you can move. Amazing. Okay, thanks very much, Meg. Okay, so then we had the next one from EK Fitness Kuwait. So they asked the best methods to recover your body from a high training volume session or high volume training session. So we've got all sorts of things from sleep. <laughs> that's the <laughs> number one very, thing. Very, very yeah. That's the number one Food thing. Food as well and water. <laughs> but obviously, like, you know, if you've had a high volume training session, you're going to be like, very, very depleted. You're going to need to get food on first and foremost. So whether it's kind of getting a little bit of a protein shake on and then a full meal afterwards, however you prefer to do it, if you prefer to have supplements, if you don't, whichever way, you're just going to make sure that you eat. And then obviously getting a little bit of rest, that's going to help you massively recover. This is probably number one is just getting yourself some good quality sleep. So again, like if you're kind of making sure that you're going to have a very dark room to sleep in, like the right temperature. So I think the right temperature is about 18, 19 degrees depending on whether you're a male or female. <laughs> I know that I prefer definitely having a much colder room. My partner does not. But uh, other things like that, like outside of that, obviously you've got like cryotherapy, which is uh, pretty good. 
And then obviously you've got kind of like, uh, not just cryotherapy, but like hot ice cold, cold punch full, yeah, hot cold. So ice cold punch full and then going into the sauna and then back again. Very, very good for increasing blood flow and reducing inflammation as well. So to keep it short, I keep it like that. So then we're going to go back around the table to uh, Maddi. So we've got uh, what policies can we adopt as a community to promote a healthier lifestyle? And would you start in schools with more PE and recess? And is there a lack of facilities and an issue with that? So that's from Heli. It's me. Oh, and I know who that is. Yeah, thank, thanks, Adela. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Yusuf. Thanks, Yusuf. Adela. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out, dude. Thanks for that loaded question that everybody threw on me because I'm the Kuwaiti here. Yeah. All right? Real cool. Deep question. You got a community but, one. No, I mean, I think if there's a community-led effort like they have in Dubai, they have that fitness month, I think something like that would be amazing in Kuwait. You know, that would be a good initiative yeah. to kind of really get people excited about healthy and healthy living, you know, just living properly. And, you know, I mean, that's just one thing we could do as a community is start an initiative to get people out and moving. Like, that's just the smallest thing. Get people out and have, you know, a community walk like neighborhoods or something. Because right now, like not even outside, do it in the avenues. Like if the avenues or the management over there were to take up something like this and start something health initiative, I think people would follow suit and they'd get into it. Could be a really good thing to do first thing in the morning. Might increase the amount of food yeah, things that I mean, people are taking afterwards, the amount of shops and things. That I know, right? Visiting. Yeah, increase your shopping, all It'd that be stuff. Good idea. Get back to the community, you know, like yeah. that's it. I mean, I stay away from the governmental stuff, so I'm not even going to get into that. I'll stick with private. <laughs> and the other thing with, <laughs> with schools, I mean, schools, it's a waste of kids' energy. And I think we are breeding less athletes than what we had before. Kids are just not as athletic as they used to be because they are sitting for seven hours a day. A child should not be sitting. And then when you say a kid's causing so much trouble, it's because they've got all this energy and they don't know what to do with it. You know, I know because... They're bored. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think seven hours is probably on the low end too. I think it's probably closer to 10, 11 hours for those kids. Yeah, when you consider like living at home and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely true. Dude, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Look at the amount of kids that you see with upper cross and lower cross syndrome. You know, when the shoulders are rolled forward, the neck's pointed out. But look at all the kids that you see that are obese at a young age. That's lack of movement. A hundred percent, that is lack yeah. of movement. And yes, we don't have the structures in Kuwait built up for it, but we live in the richest country in the world. That also goes back to like good workouts without a gym and like you have a body, move it. Like you don't need fancy equipment. You don't need state of the art, this and that. Like you just need to start paying attention to your body and moving it. And if that's going for a walk, then that's do that. Start there. But I think that does, not that there needs to be more equipment, more facilities or more of that. It's just more awareness, I think. Self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, and if they started in schools, I think that would be yeah. the best place to start. Yeah. You start when kids yeah. are young and they just go throughout life with the same sense, habits. It, I think yeah. that's play. Play, making more time for play during the day, for sure, than with, if we're talking kids. Where is it, yeah. Norway or Denmark, where it's like they have so many recesses and kids are outside playing and they're, you know, they're outside. I Probably think it's Denmark. A, I think it's Denmark. I feel like that's the happiest place on earth. Yeah, and they, they have like a really good... <laughs> I'm not going to ask you why you think that. <laughs> Having been to Denmark myself a couple of times. <laughs> but generally, I uh, Norway... I Denmark. If I live in an... I'm, if I had to live somewhere else, I would go to Denmark for sure. <laughs> but no, there's yeah. Scandinavian countries that have a very good understanding of like kids' yeah. development and how they learn. And totally. they actually do something about it rather than just kind of sticking to the norm. So, but I mean, in answer to that question, basically, totally. we do think that things should start 
in schools and yeah. because that's where parents are sending their kids to learn more stuff and so they should be learning movement too. Right? But I, I do think facilities should be built. Yeah. When we talked in the yeah. diabetes episode, we said there are no walkways in Kuwait and it's true. If they just oh, took yeah, a sure. chunk of the desert and put up a big bubble, you know what I mean? Like, come on. That would be a good size. <laughs> I imagine like a bi- I imagine like biodome like Oh my god, have you seen that TV <laughs> show The Dome? The TV show The Dome, something like that. But you would have that environment for people and you know, it's something there. Yeah. This is not a short answer anymore. This is this yeah. is a, and as as host of the the, the quick fire question round, we're going to move on. Yes. But there we go. <laughs> so that's a good idea. That was a loaded loaded question. <laughs> so sentimental um, over here. Okay, so round 2 Meg We've got, so what are some good fitness apps that we recommend and nutrition apps as well? Okay. I'm going to start with my favorite movement ones. There's a Tabata timer. And that one I love to have on my phone because it's got a lot of different options to set up intervals for quick workouts, maybe to do like in the gym or out and about. So that one's good for just like a timer and creativity of maybe how to structure some of your higher intensity stuff. And then I would say I'll throw in the Get Hot app because Liam and I both have programs on there. Get that plug. Some I, I know. <laughs> you know what? You're so lucky because I was waiting. I was hoping you would say something and I could call you out and be like, really? yeah, yeah, all right. that. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I can't say shit but to that. <laughs> good, good videos and good instruction that walks you through all the process. So I would say those would be the top ones for movement that I'll throw out there. I'll throw one out for mindfulness and I'll say headspace and that's a meditation one and especially if you're someone who struggles with meditation has never tried it doesn't know where to start that is an awesome one there's everything from like two minutes to 10 minutes or 20 minutes really really soothing voices and great options to choose from you can do like sport related ones you can do sleep related ones you know certain emotions that you're dealing with uh, that's a great one and then I would say eat slowly is my other favorite uh, one for nutrition and that is a timer. So it uh, helps you kind of manage timing your meals and how fast you're eating. That one was the biggest one for me that helped uh, with a lot of nutrition issues. But it started with just how fast I was eating my meals. So the Eat Slowly app is my, my favorite nutrition one. Nice. And... I think I probably, probably need that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great one. It's a great one. It gives you like a little plate and like the timer kind of like ticks around. You can take pictures of your meals and stuff too and like log it in there. I mean, you can use it as much as you want. It's just a, a timer, which you also have a timer on your phone anyway you could use. But the Eat Slowly app just makes it a little bit more intentional when you go for it. The only other app that I would throw out there for health and this one relates specifically to women is the Clue app, and that's for tracking your cycle. And there's a lot in there for movement, nutrition, um, stress, and all those things that you can track within that app related to your cycle. And that gives you a lot of good information on hormones. So those would be my recommended apps for movement, mindfulness, and nutrition. It was like a perfectly crafted answer. I know. <laughs> you, didn't throw my fitness, you didn't throw my fitness pal, though. I hate my really? fitness pal. I, I, I like think, it. I it's so I, easy, dude. Like, it's easy. It is easy, but okay. So I will say it's not for everybody. For someone like me, it, I think I developed a little bit of a disorder eating, becoming obsessed with plugging things in and oh, seeing how point. much they are. Yeah, that's and, actually a really good and point. And stuff like that. Yeah. So if you have any eating disorders, yeah, that's a good point. It's, it, well, it just depends on, again, you know, like what if you're tracking your fiber or things like that, then I would say go for it, look it up in my fitness pal. But the macros and that kind of stuff, I can see it. I think there's people kind of who develop that disordered eating with it usually probably have a different issue to focus on, which is usually starts with like the quality of food. And so I feel like it can be a little bit of a more of a head game than uh, helpful. So obviously there's some people who will benefit from it, but then there may be, it may right. kind of develop some. Yeah. Like, for people who have disorders. That makes sense. If you're someone who likes to follow the rules and gets obsessed with ticking the boxes of 
macros and calories and that kind of stuff, I would say probably don't go that route of my fitness style. <laughs> go for, for eat, go for eat slowly and, and something else. <laughs> no, that's good advice. Because I think most people yeah. understand my fitness plan and its benefits and yeah. If, if people like that, then they'll be attracted towards it. If they don't, then actually sometimes right. be, there's other right. options as well. Cool. Thank you very much, Meg. And then on to our last ones from Abu underscore Baba underscore KW. So he asked for our go-to exercises to build your chest. So I'm sure Marty has some uh, some go-to ones as well. But I'll start with, I love the push-up for sure. I absolutely love the push-up. Like I haven't really done much bench press myself for a long time. <laughs> We've kind of argued about it back and forth over a couple of episodes. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love the push-up. Again, going back to bodyweight stuff and the kind of the importance of it. I think you can feel when you're going to have any shoulder issues or anything like that when you're doing higher amounts of push-ups, which you might not feel when you're under like a heavy load with a barbell, for example. So like master the push-up first and then go to like be doing barbell bench press. Obviously, there's kind of like all sorts of different stuff like flies and stuff like that. But again, like these aren't my personal favorites but push-up is for sure the in there for me like the top but messy 100 percent, 100 percent agree push-up's the best thing you can go to for any bodyweight exercise in my opinion but if you're going to sculpt your chest or just to bring your man boobs up because that's what a lot of guys do with <laughs> no, no i mean that's lady what, boobs too well, all right well lady boobs too and they probably would benefit from this is the um inclined bench press because you're building yeah. up that yes, upper yeah. pectoral region you're building up the shoulder. So once you build that up, it's going to pull everything up and it's going to look all nice and tight. You know, decline bench press. I think it's a waste of time. Guys like to throw on a lot of weight because you can, you know, you yeah, can bang, you can, you can you bang can out a lot of weight. It's there. an ego lift, yeah. you know. And then if you're yeah. going to go with the bench press, I would say ditch the barbell, go to dumbbells and maybe do some single arm stuff. Then I always go to flies. I think getting that good stretch across the chest. I used to use it as a trigger so I could feel my chest. Because I had a lot of issues, you know, activating my chest muscles. And that's what those were my go to's. And then you have, you know, obviously the cable flies and dips. Dips is another big one. A dips is a huge one. Like, yes. My chest routine when I was doing the bodybuilding stuff was dips, incline and flies. Those were all like musts. And I would start with the incline because I'd go heavy with it just because it's one of the hardest Chest yeah, exercise. Yeah, like you. Yeah, can, there's no ego there, there dude. No, <laughs> yeah, you, you get shown up pretty quick. Like. Exactly, dude. But once that goes up, your flat bench goes up. Yeah. So it's a trade off. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I, th- I think you, I'll throw in a, a wild card as well in push press. Ooh, that's a good one, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Along the same yeah. lines as what you're saying about the incline press, like anything that you're kind of you're doing that overhead movement, like the chest becomes a massive stabilizer for correct overhead movement for the push press. And actually, for the most part, it's very, very functional with everything else as well. So obviously, like you've got push-ups. For me, for example, I'd have push-ups with uh, in that kind of horizontal plane and then push press in the vertical plane. So yeah, so you've got a whole load of different exercises there. But that was roundup of, uh, of some of the choice questions that we had in. So I appreciate you guys messaging in. Meg sounds like she's uh, cooking up a storm. I know, for right? Some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We really appreciate the questions. Shoot over to Instagram. Hopefully, every couple of weeks, we're going to have a post up there. And we're going to say, leave us your questions. And if we can't answer them, we're probably going to get one of the experts on the show. Yeah, to definitely answer. hit us up with more. So we appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.